Now, I know that Donna read her bio, and she's also our guest speaker today. I just wanted to come up and tell you, she is all those things, but you just tasted Esther Nicholson. You, like, got her soul, which she gives to you so freely. She's also um, an agape sister. And what I know is that all of the wonderful training that we get in the world that she has had in the world, when you add agape sprinkled on top, it just makes it a little bit better. So she's bringing all of her soul to us to talk today about forgiveness. So give her... One more round of love, Esther Nicholson. Thank you so much. They're bringing me up a little bit of water because, as you can see, all that energy I expend, I could like use a little nap right now. But hello, I want to talk to you today about the divine invitation. Get dressed for the party, and I'd like to reference Matthew twenty two fourteen, where it talks about many are called, but few are chosen. How many of you have ever heard that scripture? Well, I was a Baptist minister's daughter, so I used to hear it all the time. <laughs> and it used to scare me to death when I was a young girl. When I would hear that many are called, but few are chosen because I couldn't string together enough minutes to be good enough to be one of the chosen ones. I just couldn't seem to live up to those standards for longer than a half an hour. And it just ain't no fun being a chosen one if you're a Baptist. That that meant no more smoking behind my daddy's church. You know us PK kids, right? Many are called, but few are chosen. Jesus liked to speak in parables when he said that the kingdom of heaven is much like when a king sends his servants out to invite guests to the wedding feast he was preparing for his son. So the servants went out and extended the invitation to certain guests for the king. And the guests looked at the invitation and Some of them said, oh, wrong address. This invitation can't be for me. I think it's for my neighbor down the street. Well, they said, you know, I'm just too busy. Tell the king I I just can't make it. So the servants went back and reported this to the king, and the king had a little, you know, little street in him. He said, well, what's up with that? What do you mean they can't come to my party where I prepared all this magnificent stuff for them? And he said, well, go and invite them again. And this time tell them that I have prepared Meat and, and, and oxen and all the, all the sweets and delectables and wines that they could possibly want and desire. I prepared a feast for them. And in this day and age, you'd have to invite the vegetarians and recovering alcoholics. He'd say, tell them that I prepared all the celery juice and tofu and Diet Coke that they could possibly want. I have something for everybody. And again, the guest declined the invitation. So this time the the king said, well, I tell you what, invite everyone. The good, the bad, the rich, the poor, the educated, the uneducated, everyone is invited to the feast. Everyone is invited to the banquet. And on the day of the wedding feast, he looked around the banquet hall and it was filled with guests. And he was pleased. But he noticed one guest in particular that was not properly attired for this, the most prestigious event that was being held in the kingdom's hall that year. 
And he goes over to the guest and he's like, why aren't you dressed? And the, the guest was at a loss for words. He had no words for the king. So the king ordered his servants to bind him hand and foot, kick him out into a sea of darkness where there would be much weeping and gnashing of the teeth. And when I heard that when I was a little girl, I was like, I'm going to hell. <laughs> but as I started to unfold and develop spiritually and take God out of the sky and out of the churches and out of the books and, and, and tap into this presence and power within my own beingness, that scripture as it is written and as it was translated to me did not make any sense. And I had to find a way to, be, to understand it so that I could practically apply it to my life. I had to find a way to understand it so that I could teach it so that you could practically apply it to your life. And so I went within and I said, what's up with that spirit? What does that mean? And what was revealed to me is, first of all, we are expressions of this omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient presence and power that is, that, is, that is equally present in its totality at every point in the universe. That we are all expressions of this one power. And that there's not one group over here that is chosen and this group over here that's not chosen. That is impossible in a universe that is everywhere present. We are all chosen, we are all wanted, we are all needed, and we are all invited to partake of the kingdom of heaven, which is simply a state of consciousness. We are all invited to party in the kingdom. But here's what I come, I've come to realize. There are those of you that you want to partake of the goodies that the kingdom has prepared for you. You want to partake of the peace that passeth human understanding and the harmony and the divine order and the, the, the love. Yet, you want to show up to the party half-dressed. You want to show up not properly attired. You want to experience the peace and the harmony and the love and the joy, but you're addicted to your stories. You're addicted to your core wounds. You're addicted to your pain. And it's not a vibrational match for what's being held in the mind of God for you at the party. There are those of you that want to experience the lavish abundance, the life of, of, of overflowing good. And that is for you. It's waiting for you. It is the truth about you. But you want to hang out in old thought patterns. You want to hang out in the fear, doubt, and uncertainty and not do the, 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 the physical lifting, the, the spiritual lifting of the spiritual weight to, to, to line you up with the good that is established for you. You want to show up at the party half-dressed. And then what happens is you show up and you're not a vibrational match for all this good that is waiting for you. And you are kicked out into a sea of frustration and despair. And you're wondering, why, why can't I get my stuff? You got to get dressed for the party. You got to do the work. And you got to get dressed for the party. 
And then there are those of you where you turn down the invitation altogether. You say, that's not for me. Not right now anyway. Maybe next year. That's not for me. And I remember 25 years ago when I received one of my most significant invitations. It showed up at my house in a beautiful ivory-colored envelope. And it said, Esther, you are cordially invited to attend a life of sobriety free of drug addiction. You are cordially invited to a life of dignity and wholeness and well-beingness and integrity. Formal attire is requested. And it showed up in my consciousness as a glimpse of who I was as an expression of God. Not this drugged out, cracked out addict, but as this beautiful expression of God. And it said, baby, you are better than this. You are more than this. What are you doing? And But just like that, I looked at that invitation and I shut down that, that momentary glimpse of sanity. And I looked at that envelope and I said, that's not for me. That invitation's not for me. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic. I just need to do better drugs. <laughs> I just need to maybe do them on the weekends and on the holidays instead of every day. But okay. But this invitation is not for me. So I threw it on the desk with all of the other unanswered mail. But then a pink-colored invitation showed up at my house. And, you know, it came with a little more intensity than the other one. And it said, hey, Esther, your attendance is really suggested. It's suggested that you attend a life of dignity and wholeness, that, that you come home to the kingdom of heaven that has been prepared for you in a life of sobriety free from this debilitating, demoralizing dis-ease. And it showed up in my life as my losing another job maybe my sixth job in, in, in four months, and the utility companies disconnecting my utilities once again. And I looked at that pink-colored invitation, and I said, well, listen, if my employers and every employer on the planet would just understand that every Monday is a holiday, <laughs> then we wouldn't have a problem with this. And if the utility companies would just understand that I'm a single mother, and I just need one more extension, even though they've given me 10, then we wouldn't have a problem with this. And I threw that pink invitation on the desk. But here's the thing about the divine invitation. It, it's, it's a lot like the IRS. It doesn't stop showing up because you're not ready to deal with it. The IRS racks up penalties. The universe just racks up more love and says, the more intense I have to get, I'll do whatever is necessary. But then the red invitation came, and it showed up, and it said, Esther, your attendance is absolutely required, and I will not take no for an answer. The universe will not take, will not take no for an answer. You must return to wholeness. That is your birthright. That is your divine inheritance. That is your true identity. And whatever it takes for that to happen in this lifetime or ten lifetimes from now, it doesn't matter. 
Your attendance is required, and we don't even care how you dress. Just, just come on. And it showed up in my life as my looking at an emaciated body from years of drug addiction and my family showing up at my family to remove my daughter from an unfit home. I looked at that red invitation and I said, you don't have to get so upset about it. Yes, I'll come. Yes, I'll come. And I got dressed with all the willingness I could muster because that's all I had at that time. I got dressed with all the willingness and surrender and readiness that I could muster. The rest was given to me. And I stand before you today with almost 26 years of sobriety. Thank you. I received another invitation about seven years ago when I was doing background vocals for Rod Stewart. And I received this invitation. It it, it started as a feeling of restlessness and boredom and discontent. And I I, kind of didn't know what it was. But what I know now is that the universe always lets you know when something's about to jump off. (laughs) The universe always lets you know when it's time to grow. So it showed up as a feeling of restlessness and discontent and boredom. And it's like, Rod Stewart, if I have to hear Maggie Mae one more time. <laughs> I looked at that ivory-colored invitation, and I said, you know, this can't be about me giving up my gig with Rod Stewart. You know, if he just changed the set a little bit, maybe I can get some, you know, some excitement going here again. And then the pink-colored invitation showed up at my hotel room one day, and it said, Esther, you are a licensed spiritual practitioner. You have released your first inspirational CD. I gave you this amazing opportunity to sing and to, to perform in front of tens of thousands of people so that you could anchor in your poise and your stage presence. It was never intended for you to pull over and park there. It was to be used as a catalyst for you to step into the greater purpose for which you were created. I created you for something bigger than singing hot legs behind Rod Stewart. So what I want you to do is when it comes time to renegotiate your contract, I want you to give notice instead and step out into this ministry that I have prepared for you, this teaching that I have prepared you for. I looked at that pink colored envelope and I said, huh? I know you don't mean for me to give up my gig with Rod Stewart. I know that I'm bored. I know that I have no more to give this experience, that it has become a dead experience for all concerned, and that it has no more to give me, and I'm just hanging out in somebody else's space. I know all that but this is my security. I know what my check is going to be every week. This is my identity. I'm Rod Stewart's background vocalist, for God's sake. The universe spirit said, beloved, you are mine. I have called you by name. You are more than that. I said, okay, well, whatever. (laughs) Give me a couple more years if you're serious about this living your vision thing. Let me put some more money away, and I'll get back with you. 
Do you talk to spirit like that? I'll get back with you. We'll hook up. We'll hook up in a couple of years when I have it all together and I figured it all out. I'll get back with you. The universe said, ah, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. So the red invitation came the next week in the form of a telephone call from England that said, Esther, so sorry, darling, you're fired. And I was traumatized. I was scared. I was embarrassed. I was mad. I was resentful. And the reason that I was given for being let go was because I had reached a certain age and weight that was no longer appropriate to sing hot legs behind Rod Stewart. I just want to ask you something in all seriousness, because you know we're really spiritual people here. Have you seen Rod lately? I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Actually, I have since thanked him from the bottom of my soul for doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. For hearing the universe at the level of his consciousness. See, what, I, what, I, what I've come to know is that what Rod Stewart meant for, vanit for vanity, that the universe was simply downloading that which had to be, that which was already established at the level of his consciousness. So what he meant for vanity, what Rod Stewart meant for vanity, God meant for my good. So whenever something happens in your life and it feels like a tragedy or it feels like something, you know, really awful has happened, understand that it's because it's probably the red invitation and that's the only way you can get it at that time. And that what it looks like, it's so much bigger for you than what it's looking like right now. I promise you that. I promise you that. Because I've had a lot of red invitations. But my mentor and minister, Michael Beckwith, says the, that the pain pushes until the vision pulls. We don't have to get the red invitation. We can be inspired by a vision. We can be inspired by the transformation of our minds, by getting dressed and by doing the work. But okay, if you got to have the red invitation, you got to have the red invitation until you say no more. It ain't going to kill you. It's not going to kill you. But I was traumatized and I was shocked. Why are we always shocked when we receive the red invitation and pretend that we didn't know? <laughs> there has not been one big growth spurt that has happened in my life that I was not warned about. Not only was I not warned about, but here's the kicker. I prayed for the very thing that the universe was showing up as and then I forgot. I remember years before that happened, I would call my sister from Ireland or wherever I was and say, I don't want to be a background vocalist anymore. I, and she said, be patient, baby. And then when it came, I'm like, what happened? The universe is always saying yes. So I stayed on the floor for six months in the fetal position 
raging against Rod Stewart in the world. And then one day I heard the message, take up your bed and walk, Esther. Get up and go check your mail. You see, because I had been so worried in those six months that, you know, how was I going to pay my bills? How am I going to, you know, how am I going to eat? I was so worried. I was so hanging out in the vibration of fear, worry, and doubt that I didn't notice that I never missed one meal. I didn't notice that all my bills got paid on time and in perfect time. But I wasn't vibing at that level. So I didn't notice it. But one day I got up and I looked at all those unopened invitations on my desk. And I opened one up and I looked at the invitation. And then I, you know, I, I was like, what am I going to do? What are my next steps going to be? How am I going to, how am I going to make it? How am I going to get out here and, and do this ministry thing that, that you want me to do, spirit? And I looked at the invitation. I turned it over on the back. What is always on the back of an invitation? Directions on how to get to the destination. And so when the divine invitation shows up as that feeling of mm, something, something's about to shift. I've outgrown this situation. Something, something is moving through me. When that, when that invitation shows up, the, the way, the how is encoded in the invitation. But the fear, doubt, and, 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 and stuff that we hang out in is not a vibrational match for the answer that is always already given. So we miss it. You know, when, when you receive the answer in the directions, it's not that spirit has all of a sudden shown up and given you the answer in the directions. It was there all the time. But you've got to be a vibrational match for it. You've got to line up with the answer and the solution that is waiting for you. So I looked on the back of the invitation, and there was a set of directions on how to get to my destination. And the first Direction said, stop thinking. Please don't think anymore. Get still. Get dressed for what has been prepared for you, Esther. And how do I get dressed? I inquire by inquiring into yourself. What is seeking to emerge through me? What is trying to grow through me? What is, what, is, what is seeking to become more of itself as me? If you don't know how to meditate, you got to get still. you got to get still from the mental chatter so that you can hear the direction that is there for you, the guidance that is there for you. Prayer. Take God out of the sky, out of the books, and know that I am that which thou art, thou art that which I am, and allow it to declare itself anew in, as, and through you. Forgiveness. Resentment is the number one offender. It is the remembering, the retelling, and the reliving of a painful event long after the event has passed. And we tell the same story over and over and over again, blocking us from the direction the directions that's on the map. I don't know where your invitations are showing up in your life, but you know, don't you? Yes? I don't know whether they're ivory-colored, pink, or red, but you know, don't you? 
If you've received the ivory-colored invitation, act now. Not by doing, but by being and going within. Don't shush it away. Inquire into it. If you've received the pink-colored invitation, I know it's getting a little scary right now. It's getting a little intense right now. It's getting a little tight right now. Get dressed. Look at those places in your life where you're holding on to resentment. Look at those places in your life where you're holding on to the old story. Start meditating. Start praying. Start getting prayer. Get dressed. If you've received the red invitation, I know that it feels like the dark night of the soul, and it feels like it's going to never, ever be okay ever again. I promise you that it will be. Not only will it be okay, it'll be better than you've ever imagined. I promise you that. I promise you that. There is not one situation that I look back on right now and say, oh, my God, I wish I was still there. I say, thank you, God, for doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. The getting dressed process, it's a week-by-week process, is outlined in my new workbook, 12 Keys to Freedom. I hope to see you downstairs so I can share that with you. It's time to get dressed. And we all can use it, no matter how long we've been on this path, no matter how deep our work, our spiritual work has been, there are always areas where we can get dressed. And as we get dressed in consciousness and line up with the feast that has been prepared for us, we can show up at the party and say, oh my God, I am so grateful. Look at my life. My life is the life of God. I am living my dreams. I am here living my purpose, doing what I was created to do. Get dressed. Do the work. Line up. And I will meet you in the kingdom of heaven. Peace and blessings. Thank you. I love you. You ready to get dressed? So, this afternoon is the Make Room for a Miracle Forgiveness Workshop that I am facilitating. I used to think I had an invisible banner written across my forehead that said, really, all screwed up men, please come be my man. (laughs) And they applied and they got the job. Until I started healing those core wounds and those core beliefs that kept making me repeat the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I got to forgive my mother. I got to forgive all those relationships that I thought had the power to hold me in bondage. I really hope to see you this afternoon. Thank you, Esther. So let us turn with him for prayer. Take a deep breath. I invite our spiritual counselors to stand and come forward and anchor this space.